We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Hello, friends. Kirk Henderson and Josh Bow coming to you on Thursday, January 20th, right after 9 p.m. The Dallas Mavericks just fell to the Phoenix Suns. 109 to 101, halting a four game win streak at four, losing their first game. I don't know. It was the first game where I've, I've, uh, in a, you know, they, they got beat by, by the Knicks. And then before that, they had been beaten by the Sacramento Kings. And the Knicks just shot the hell out of the ball. This game, the Mavericks had a real chance to steal it. And they look like a team that were playing their, um, Fourth game in six nights, or is that right? No, fifth game in seven nights. Yeah. Yeah, and second night of a back-to-back. So, mm-hmm. yeah, this is one of those games where I understand the frustration and, like, why people might be really mad about it. Because, I mean, you know, if you're a fan, losing a close game to a really good team, like a measuring stick team, uh, and a team that's had your number for, like, three years now or four years, however long it's been, like, that's frustrating. Like, you know, if you weren't frustrated, like, you know, it's the whole point of being a fan. You get happy yep. when they win and you get you get mad or sad when they lose. Like, that's just kind of the deal. So that's okay. Uh, but for me, you know, I'm just happy that they weren't down by 15 at halftime. Sure. Um, sure. And the fact that, like, you know, I thought it was coming in the third quarter when Phoenix made that run and they took that, I think it was like a 69-68 lead. And I was like, okay, here it is. Uh, you know, this is the Memphis game happening but it's happening to the Mavs you know second half tired legs they put up a spirited effort but they're just you know the adrenaline of pregame is wearing off and now they're just you know they just can't keep up uh and then the Mavs just kind of kept hanging in there and they took the lead back and they bumped it all the way back up to like an eight point lead and like you know the fourth quarter was you know I know the Suns owned the fourth quarter but you know they didn't really run away with it until the last you know minute of the game so 
I mean, there's a lot of things we can talk about and dissect, but in terms of like, you know, long-term prognosis, like this isn't like ringing really any alarm bells. It's just, you know, it was just a competitive game where the odds were stacked against you and and that happens sometimes. So a, a listener in the green room last night pointed out something that the Mavericks have been getting away with some really astounding three-point defense luck. And I had, you know, there's some articles today that last couple of days have been talking about what the Mavericks are doing on defense. And like the Mavericks aren't giving up corner threes. So that's one of the reasons why their defensive luck is working in their favor. So like they're forcing tougher threes. Okay. The Suns shot, were a putrid eight of 36 from three, 22%. And they still beat the Mavericks. If the Suns shot anywhere close to average, this game would have been a a goner. The Mavericks were horrendous with the basketball sloppy-wise. I mean, 19 turnovers to 7 turnovers. You cannot do that and win a basketball game. And all their turnovers were of the, like, a lot of them were of the sloppy, unforced variety. Like, the next time, like, Jalen, I don't think, knows how to make an entry pass, Jalen Brunson. Uh, he threw one to Maxi from across the lane from the top of the key. <laughs> like it was, and there's like three defenders in between and got stolen. Like the Jalen Brunson had six turnovers. It's got to be his highest turnover game of like the past two years. Like there was just some real tired leg decision making going on out there. And it was, it, as the game wore on, it got increasingly painful to watch. Um, I'm very I'm a lot more frustrated than you are with this game because what happened beyond the turnover. So Luke and Brunson, who are who are the Mavs most steady players, Brunson more than anybody else the last several games, had just didn't really play that well. Um Brunson had one assist. Okay. That's like the length of the Suns bothered him. And granted, they were daring him to score, but he was, you know, he was a negative 16. Like that's pretty brutal. Um and then, you know, you, you get past those two who had done okay. And then I look at at, at the rest of the roster. And Porzingis, I think, kind of needs to sit in his own boat. Maybe we can circle back to him. But I lost my patience. I said, I'm tired of seeing the same Mavs miss the same threes. Dorian, one of seven. Kleber, one of – I'm sorry, Dorian, one of five. Kleber, one of seven, who shot six threes in the first six minutes. And then he had one three the remaining 21 minutes of the game. <laughs> Like he was at, like, I know people like he had made some nice passes to Porzingis. I, I didn't understand what he, what purpose he served two turnovers again for a guy who's not supposed to be handling the ball. Then Hardaway, you know, he was three of seven, but he just missed like he, he misses. I missed him. making shots that, that mattered. Like <laughs> one of his threes was just a, like a 40 footer that had no business going in and it did. And then he misses ones where Luca just hand serves him and there's nobody near him. And I know it's not fair. I, I just find myself personally frustrated. You know, I don't understand why we signed Reggie Bullock if we're going to play him 20 minutes a game. Like, as I go through the the things, and it's just it – was, it was a very – I did not – that's a game that I think that the Mavericks had a chance to steal, walk away with, because the Suns are not going to play that bad offensively anymore. I get that the Mavericks have a good defense, but it's not like – Suns just put up 110 on them. And they didn't shoot the ball that well until later in the game. I don't know. I'm all over the place. <laughs> no, I, I understand. And I want to get back. You know, Brunson and Luca combined for 14 of the 19 turnovers. Uh, not good. Um, you know, going circling back to Brunson, 
this is only the second time all season he's had more turnovers and assists in a game, which just goes Pretty back remarkable to like stat. Right. Like you just talked about, he's like the steadiest player on the team. Yeah. That that's that there it is. That's why. Um he had a good shooting game. I mean, he was making some ridiculous shots uh inside the arc. I mean, from mid-range to the rim. Uh I mean, he is like Cooper Twitter personified, like the shots yeah. he takes and makes. It's pretty ridiculous. Um, but you're right in that, you know, good teams with Link bother him, you know, in the late, you know, in the clutch, he had a shot where he drove the lane and took a contested floater and airballed it. Um, and I, you know, he was one of two from three and it goes back to what we said last, what I said last night, the next step for him is to not only take more threes, but make more threes. Uh, he's shooting a career low from three this season. I mean, he really, he's taking like two or three a game. I don't want to, you know, if people listen to the podcast last night, I don't want to go into the same thing. But what was really interesting was going up against Chris Paul. And I remember what I said last night was like the last time I looked at the data, like guards that have as many, you know, starter level minutes that have three point rates as low as Brunson. Like one of them is Chris Paul uh, and who's known for, you know, his mid range game. But then you look at a game like, tonight and the Suns had to have it and Paul took six three-pointers made two of them one of them was the dagger three and that kind I mean you know Paul's a Hall of Fame player I'm not trying to compare say you know I'm not trying to like discredit Brunson because he's not Chris Paul but it was just a good like it was a good showcase of like hey if he wants to take the next step like this is what it that's what it looks like take but it was odd he can make those shots would be yeah. huge for his development, uh, and it was a. Du- it, I mean, it was a Brunson Paul duel there for a little while. It was that did not feel good because <laughs> Brunson is for as good as he is, he's not Chris Paul, and Paul has control of the game from a passing standpoint and a vision standpoint that Brunson. It's not fair to ask that of him, right? Of course, and, second round pick. You know, yeah, it's as good yeah. as he is. He's not a Hall of Famer, so it's, it's like <laughs> right. I'm not, you know, I like that's why I kind of loathe. Yeah, like I loathe being critical in that sort of sense. But it just, I didn't, you know, I didn't understand some of the lineup decisions down the stretch. Yeah, um, I guess Chris Stops has a minutes restrict because he was MIA for most of that fourth quarter, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. and that was very, very, very weird. Uh, considering how well he was playing in the first half, he had an MIA second half really. Um, yeah, and I don't know if that, you know. I think you might have watched closer than me. I don't know if that was him being passive or the Mavericks not giving him the ball. Cause I mean, he made two of four from like, it is very frustrating that he made two of four from three. And what's frustrating is the four. Uh, and we know how much he's struggling. He's been struggling with his three point shot. And he seemed like he was having a good night from three. Like why, why didn't they take advantage of that more? Just mm-hmm. that, that was frustrating. His three pointers. Like it's sort of a quiet story just because his volume is way down relative to what he was taking earlier in the season. But Porzingis is, has quietly been hitting a lot of his threes over the last, like, 10 games or so when he's played. Yeah, and not a big difference from, you know, the first two months of the season. Right, where he was hitting, like, 28% of his threes, yeah. and he's been hitting, like, 50%. I, I could be – I could have some of the specifics wrong, but it's just – I don't know. He passed up some threes tonight, too. Like, there was – like, the Mavericks are kind of getting into this this – they they do a hell of a lot of overpassing, and sometimes it really bites them. Other times it's just like fine, whatever. Like they're, <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I just I I I feel weird being like, why isn't Chris Stapps Porzingis shooting the ball more? Like for how much I've kicked the shit out of him, he had fifteen shots. 
18 points. He, you know, they didn't have bigs that should have been able to deal with him. And I don't think the match right without is, that. Right. Especially without DeAndre Ayton, you would think mm-hmm. this would be a KP game. Uh, mm-hmm. and, it, and it wasn't. And I don't know how much of that is KP not being more assertive or, you know, like you said, Brunson can't throw an entry pass to save his life, and the Mavericks seemingly go. Well, it's not just, I mean, it's all of them. Yeah, like, like, half the Mavs just... can't throw entry passes. And yeah. then I didn't write about this because I wasn't. I was determined not to write anything negative. But Porzingis also doesn't know how to hold a post up. Like he goes for the ball. I'm, I'm, I might not be explaining this correctly, but like the passer should throw the ball to a post up player to the big guy's hand, big damn mitt up in the air. Place it. He understands where the defender is on his backside. Chris Stapps does. Kristaps lets loose to go capture the ball earlier than he should on almost every entry pass. And then he gets bumped out another foot and a half every stinking time. Now it normally doesn't matter. Cause he's seven foot three. He turns around and does something with it. And he's been much better about that, but it's just, it's like a combination of like, guys, why are we throwing weird entry passes? It vexes me. It's a silly little thing that I kind of get hung up on. I've stopped. I haven't talked about it too much because it's just, you know, like they're playing fine. It's just little things where I'm like, why are we making entry passes to Maxi Kleba in the post? Why is that a thing? Yep. Um, so. And I got PTSD to the last two playoffs, uh, you know, watching Maxi and Dorian tonight. Uh, yeah. They combined for 14 points. Uh, they combined to shoot two of 12 from three. And that's like the, you know, I don't talk about it a lot because people, you know, just get really mad online when you mm-hmm. when you when you're you know you're not a hundred percent behind these guys and I you know they're sec you know they're undrafted free agents they've worked hard I you know I respect their games and yep. they're great players they're great for what they do but I you know, just this, rely on them an awful yeah lot. This, this was just a game where I just like I'm just I'm just scared that in the in the in a playoff situation they've had great regular seasons you know Dorian has at least Maxie's been a little up and down uh, at least offensively it this is the type of game that I'm just like, man, what if this happens four or five times in a playoff series? And if that does, they're done. Or if it happens two or three times, you know, that even that could be the difference. And it just, it's just very worrisome uh, to me to see these types of games against good teams. Uh, Cause they just, they just need more. And you look at the Suns and you see, you know, Jay Crowder, 13 points on nine shots and Mikhail Bridges, 12 points on 11 shots and you're like man they just need that's kind of what they need out of maxi and dorian they don't need 20 you know 15 to 20 points they just need something you know more just a little bit more uh and despite you know their great defense you know it's going to be really difficult for them to run a playoff series if if they play like this uh and we saw in that clipper series like dorian had an otherworldly game one and he and the Mavericks you know beat the Clippers in that game one and he had a pretty decent game two and and like when he was good they won and when he was bad they lost and it's not all on him but it's just like you know when Luca's doing his thing and 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 the the higher paid players are doing their things it's just tough um I don't know that just stuck out like a sore thumb and and then what made matters worse is you know Tim comes off the bench and scores 11 points in 28 minutes doesn't shoot really well and then there's literally no one else on the bench that did like anything of, of note. Like Dwight Powell had like a nice spirited five minute stretch in the third quarter, but in the end, you know, he didn't make a, a massive impact outside of that. And they, they really need a, a little bit more pop off the bench and, and Tim's the guy to do it. And when he doesn't do it, it really puts a strain on guys like Dorian and Maxi to maybe score more than, than like, well, you said. Just, I mean, Tim hasn't done it. Yeah. 
Like Tim hasn't done it. It's that's like the thing that just vexes me. I, I, I don't. Tim know. hasn't scored twenty points or more since November. No, sorry, December nineteenth. Um, he hasn't. He hasn't broken twenty point plateau in the entire month of January. Um, yeah. That goes just like they need him. Like he ha- he can he cannot be bad offensively. And you see when he doesn't have his shot, you know. Well, because he doesn't off, bring anything on defense, it, right? Like, they've been able to kind of cover for him in ways that I find interesting. But that was one of the Tim Hardaway being in the game in the final three minutes was just absolutely ludicrous to me. I, I don't, I don't understand it. I mean, he wasn't, he's not hitting on offense, and I don't know. Maybe I'm just being too critical. I don't know, it's, but I would have liked more Bullock minutes. Uh, yeah. I don't. I've wanted more Bullock minutes for a couple of games now, and he's just he's done. He's like, he, he gets like an offensive rebound every game. It's one of the weirder things. <laughs> I don't know. I, you know, it's, we're all tired after five games and seven nights and yeah. they get a couple of days off. They play again on Sunday. I think we'll, I think we'll all kind of be more appreciative of that. I told myself all day long. I talked to Dalton about this. I was like, I'm not going to be mad. I'm not going to be mad. You're not now mad. I'm, I'm no, I'm dad level disappointed is, yeah. is, I guess, what i would call because they have looked really good and the one thing that i keep trying to preach is like i want and i said i you hope you don't listen to our green rooms you have to listen to me enough but i said on the green room last, last night like i'm not particularly interested in investing or investigating some of the whys behind why they're winning because certain statistics fluctuate and that really is the difference. And I want to just enjoy being happy. Like, I brought up the three-point shooting luck. I, I'm not using that as a criticism. I don't fucking care. It rules that no one is hitting threes. <laughs> it's just, I want us to at least acknowledge that at a certain point, we're going to run into teams that hit threes on the Mavericks, no matter how good a defense they play, because professional basketball is difficult and sometimes that shit just happens i mean we saw it happen against the mavericks repeatedly the last several years like there was a point in time where the mavericks were getting hit on from three worse than any team in the league it was, it was mind-numbing so I, I i really have enjoyed the last several weeks of basketball i enjoyed tonight's game i mean i said this last night about the the i i enjoy being emotionally invested in these and i'm not furious because i see like the upward trajectory and I know that it can't always go that way. It's just when I, I've just seen Dorian miss that shot before. And I feel like I'm going to see him miss that shot for all time. Some games. <laughs> yeah, I understand. Um, you know, uh, what I was going to, I was going to say, um, oh crap. What was I, what was I going to say? Uh, I was going to go back to Bullock and I feel like it's just, what a weird season he's having. Like, it feels like he's stabilized a little bit, but then you look in his last couple of games and like he has combined to score 10 points now in his last three games. I know he's not like a scorer uh, and they didn't bring him here to score, but he's like a career nine to 12 points per game guy. Um, and it's just, it's just odd. Like uh, he was a starter on a Knicks team that went to the playoffs and he's now he, yeah, and now he's a backup on, you know, a team about similarly as good as that last year's Knicks team in terms of, like, place in the conference. You know, the Knicks were like a – I think the Knicks were like a 5C in the East. The Mavericks are a 5C in the West. And, like – but now he's a backup and he's playing less. And it's just – it's so weird. Like, there's no – like, maybe he he 
I mean, I guess he's cool with it. Uh, he seems like a pretty level-headed dude and, and, and a good good guy for the locker room. But it is just bizarre to think that in free agency, like, I don't – I don't, I don't, I can't imagine he was thinking, I want to go somewhere where I can play, you know, less. Like, <laughs> I mean, he's, it's just weird. Uh, I, I thought he would be a starter here and they've tried it out a little bit. Uh, I can't fault them for the lineup that they're running out there now, uh, you know, because Brunson has to start. Like, that's like a no, no questions asked anymore. He's just, he is a fixture in the starting lineup just as much as Luca and KPR. Uh, and then it gets weird because it's like, well, Dorian's, gonna start and then you know do you start you don't want to they don't want to start kp at the five they don't want to play kp at the five all game that's they're committed to that so then bullock kind of gets squeezed out and it's just weird like i don't know if it's bad you know he's he's played much better since the calendar turned to 2022 but yep. I, I don't know it's just so bizarre to just see the starting lineup and the minutes it's like one, two, three. The top six players in minutes are the same from 2019 and, and 2020. Yes. And it's just it's just crazy to me. It's just I, I don't know. It just it just makes me feel like I'm like everyone's with this pandemic, everyone kind of feels trapped in a time warp uh, right now. And the Mavericks roster being like the way it is is not, not helping the it. Suns. They've not beat the Suns <laughs> since 2019. And so like like that's like I think that's a secondary thing where it's just like and multiple people have said it to me today where it's like I just want to beat the fucking Suns. <laughs> like that was my favorite where it's like Dalton who's just you know he's the happy warrior who's like I really hate the Suns. I'm like Dalton doesn't hate anything. And <laughs> it was just it just sort of stuck with me. Anyhow, you're 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 right. We're I'm I'm kicking this one into the ground. I'm gonna go let the let the fandom rant a little on um, Spotify Green Room. Um, you got anything else before we get out of here? No, no, that's about it. Uh, you know, uh, enjoy the green room. I'm sure you'll get some fun. I, I'm hoping you get some fun reactions tonight. Oh yeah, you never know. We'll see. <laughs> okay, guys, Kirk Henderson, Josh Bow. This has been Mavs Moneyball After Dark. Like I said, please uh, download and look me up on Spotify Green Room. We host these after the game. It's essentially uh, an ability to call in and talk to me, rant a little bit. If you want to ask a question, we have a good time. It's a little more productive than talking to your spouse who probably doesn't care about basketball. And it's certainly a lot more productive than arguing with people on Twitter because the joke by like, after like 15 minutes, it's usually jokes. So Kirk Henderson and Josh, Bo, like I said, and we will talk to you guys a little later in the week. Today's episode is brought to you by cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? 
Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.